What is yoga? Yoga originated in Hinduism as a way to discover one's own soul and the soul of the universe, integrate the two and to become one with the divine, which includes all of creation. In Hinduism everything is seen as divine, or a god. There are a lot of gods in the Hindu religion. Way too many to list out here. Fortunately, for the sake of this post I don't need it because all of them promote yoga. There are quite a few different types of yoga, but all of them serve the same general purpose, to prepare one for death and reincarnation. I hope that stands out to you, so I'll say it again. To prepare one for death, or the separation of one's soul from their body, in order to move into the next life. Yoga is used in this preparation by helping people open their mind and body in order to attain or earn, their salvation and slash for their next life, through poses of worship, emptying of the mind, astral projection, and more. The word yoga means union and is intended to bring one's soul, Atman, into union with Braham, an impersonal, universal Hindu god through poses that imitate a serpent, meditation, breathing techniques, acrobatics, repetitive syllables, etc. It should be clarified here that only in Christianity is the serpent known as an enemy of God and a deceiver. Interestingly, in every other world religion, the serpent holds positive connotations, revered for its wisdom. Hopefully that is an eye-opener for Western Christians, as there seems to be a lot of mixing of religions, or Jesus Plus, happening over the last several decades, one of the primary purposes of yoga is to awaken the chakras, centers or wheels of spiritual power within the human body, through the series of techniques listed above, as they invite the kundalini, the serpent power coiled at the base of the spine, spirit to awaken and move up slash twist around the spine until it arrives at the sixth chakra, the third eye, to bring about a new realm of spiritual awakening and union between the gods, Brahma and Shiva. All within you. Eek. Starting to sound a bit more demonic. Can yoga and Hinduism be separated? Can the practice of yoga be separated from the Hindu religion and then simply as exercise or stretching? I used to think so. In fact, I believed that if I decided to pray to and worship Jesus while doing yoga, then it could be redeemed as a Christian form of exercise. And I would venture to guess that most Western Christians today don't see anything wrong with yoga and may even hold similar convictions to the ones I just described. However, after a prayer ministry session a few months ago, and as people wiser and more mature in faith than me started speaking up over the last year, God had my attention and I started digging on the history of yoga and Christianity. As I learned more about why yoga was created and what its intended purpose was, I started to understand that yoga cannot exist apart from its Hindu roots. Just as Freemasonry cannot exist apart from its Luciferian roots. As I dig, I'm finding over and over that people who have converted from Hinduism to Christianity understand and advocate that yoga and Christianity cannot be mixed. In fact, there is even an old Hindu saying, yoga equals Hinduism. There is no Hinduism without yoga, and no yoga without Hinduism. As stated in former yogi, Rabi Maharaja's book, The Death of a Guru. Superscript 1, Yoga has been shamelessly rebranded to make it more acceptable to Western culture, but this is based on a lie. It was hard not to notice that few yoga teachers and journals mentioned the origins of the practice and its connection to Hinduism. Yoga was secularized to rid it of any taint of a pagan tradition. By claiming the practice, was a spiritual path, but not a religious one, to come the committed Christian who wanted to hang on to Jesus while doing the Surya Namskar, obeisance to the sun, says Dr. Ramesh Nagraj Rao of the Hindu American Foundation. Squared. Yogi Baba Prem, a Hindu yogi, said this, it was quite astonishing to see on the flyer Christian yoga. I could feel the wheels spinning in my brain. 
Christian yoga, I thought. Now while Christians can practice yoga, I am not aware of any Christian teachings about yoga. It is not a part of the Roman Catholic teachings and certainly not a part of Protestant teachings. It is not found within the King James Version of the Bible. So how did we get Christian yoga? From this I could conclude that Christian yoga could only indicate one of two possibilities, one, Christianity is threatened by yoga and is attempting to take over this system that invaded their turf pertaining to spiritual teachings and techniques. 2. Christianity is subconsciously attempting to return to the spiritual roots of civilization, the Vedic civilization. Squared. Finally, this quote is from Christian former yoga instructor, Corinna Kraft, in a YouTube series called What's the Matter with Yoga? Yoga is not just a human invention. Yoga is a collaborative work between human beings and spirit beings. Human beings were inspired by spirit beings in the creation and consecration of the practice, so yoga is a co-authored work. Co-authorship means co-ownership, and co-ownership means mutual rights of possession and control. The spirit realm has a vested interest in the practice and a proprietary right in the practice. Spirits recognize what belongs to them and they will piggyback on the practice. That's why human beings cannot unilaterally annul the rights of spirit beings. So, when a person practices yoga, it is actually an invitation to engage a spirit or spirits associated with yoga. Cubed. My personal experience with yoga. I've done yoga for years. In fact, it's incorporated into almost all of the specific brand of workouts I've done for nearly 20 years now. For several years in my 20s, I focused half of my exercise regimen on flexibility via yoga stretching. I didn't aspire to be an expert in it, or even know all of the names of the poses, just to gain the physical and some mental benefits it seemed to promise. And it worked. I was happy with the results that even moderate yoga practice seemed to provide. What I didn't understand, or even consider, until recently was what spiritual results I might be reaping from this practice. And, I didn't know that the things that I had been struggling with could be a direct result of this practice that I thought would only benefit me. The enemy is sneaky that way. Fast forward back into 2019 and the more I dug on yoga, the more I found the same sentiment according to Hindu and Christian sources. So, truly, is it possible to mix positions of worship to Hindu gods in with Christianity at all? Let me tell you about my prayer ministry experience regarding yoga spirits. This is where things get a little weird. Like many Christians, and Americans in general, I thought I was simply practicing asana yoga, which supposedly refers to the exercise minus the religion. I didn't even know that term until I started researching all of this. As I met with my prayer ministers over a few months, different things kept leading back to a yoga theme in my sessions. Some of the things that I had been struggling with in my daily life were manipulation through guilt, sensing or hearing movement of other people or spirits in my home, anger, lust, jealousy and double-mindedness. When we finally decided to deal with these yoga spirits, I encountered some strange opposition. As we were praying for revelation and deliverance, I began to sense something in my spine and ribs, almost like a stiffness or paralysis, and my limbs had little tremors. It felt overwhelming to me, and though I know they noticed it, I doubt that it looked like much to my prayer ministers. We continued praying and at one point I had the urge to get up and bolt from the room. I stood up and walked around the room just to get the sensation out, but stuck with the prayer. Two of the specific spirits that we all felt led to pray over were Aphrodite and Kundalini. I had no idea that Aphrodite was tied to yoga until this prayer session. After three of us received that name from Holy Spirit, we looked it up and sure enough, they are connected. I know this all sounds really weird, 
especially if you've never experienced any kind of deliverance ministry for yourself, so I intentionally didn't get too detailed in my description. I assure you however, that the spirit realm is incredibly real and scripture does tell us not to focus on life in the flesh, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Romans 8 5-6, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Galatians 5:17. What does scripture say about Christians practicing yoga? Of course yoga isn't specifically named in scripture, however, we can take a dive into what scripture does say on related topics. When considering these verses, it's important to note that Hindus do not use yoga for physical health. The practice of yoga is a spiritual one, used to gain enlightenment through worship to their deities. So, if we consider that this is really more of an issue of mixing two religions or spiritual beliefs that don't belong together, we can find numerous scriptures that warn us, as the elect of God, not to mix with other spiritual practices. You shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest the whole yield be forfeited, the crop that you have sown and the yield of the vineyard. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear cloth of wool and linen mixed together. Deuteronomy 29 9-11 He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said no, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Matthew 13 24-30 You shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your cattle breed with a different kind. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. Leviticus 19:19. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Dash 2 Corinthians 6:14-15. Beyond mixing, is the concept of opening and emptying our minds that is commonplace in the practice of yoga. As Christians, is it deemed good to do these things? Nowhere in Scripture does it say to open or empty our minds. In fact, Scripture is quite contrary to these ideas. Instead, we're reminded that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we become one spirit with Him, to put on our new selves, and to renew our minds. And we are warned in Scripture about the consequences of emptying our minds and bodies. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Romans 8 9. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 38. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Dash 1 Corinthians 6 19-20
but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4 20-24 I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12 1-2 When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and finding none it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Luke 11:24-26. Finally, yoga aims for liberation through isolation. Once again, this is in direct contradiction to what Scripture says about the Christian traditions and lifestyle. Instead, Scripture directs us to stay in community with each other, and even paints a beautiful picture of each individual Christian becoming part of a larger body to make up one church, serving one another with the gifts of the Spirit. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire, he breaks out against all sound judgment. Proverbs 18:1. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews 10:24-25. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together, if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Dash 1 Corinthians 12 12-27 can Christians practice yoga? This truly is going to be up to each individual believer to pray about, search out in scripture, and decide for themselves, just as any other decision on what they are going to allow in their faith walk. I, personally, believe that it's dangerous ground to tread, as mysticism and mixing of religions haven't been seen as acceptable or redeemable to God throughout all of scripture. And, most Bible-believing Christians would argue that any deity other than the Holy Trinity is demonic and an antichrist spirit. But, I'm not your authority, 
So I urge you to take the matter up with the father if you have a sense of conviction after reading this post. Is there harm in yoga? Possibly. What about grace and forgiveness? While I don't believe the Lord is a legalist, we do have an enemy that is, and there is scripture that suggests that if we continue to walk in disobedience, God will hand us over to our sinful desires, Romans 1 18-32. So maybe the better question is, what is not of God that you have given ground in your life? Sources One Truth About Yoga, Former Yoga Practitioners 2 Hindu Wisdom, Yoga and Hindu Philosophy 3 What's the Matter with Yoga?